This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Hey, what a time, and we're so glad that you're tuning in for our very first podcast. We're getting on with the times, Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. We've been yeah. doing this uh, a long time, and we're glad that uh, we're finally able to put this together. Uh, we're going to talk today about the start, and this was actually your idea, the start of Overtime Live. And when you hear Overtime Live on the shore, you automatically think high school football mm-hmm. because that's really where we spent our time. Uh, shore Sports, our parent company, the lead umbrella, the person that holds the umbrella, I guess you could say, <laughs> that covers all the sports. Right. And that's kind of what we're going to do here with the timeout with Shore Sports. But Overtime Live got its start, gosh, way back in – 2009, and uh, it, it actually was a culmination, to be perfectly honest. I had been calling uh, high school football with Easton High School on AM 1460 WMD. Uh, and That's where it really started. Yeah, that's where it really started. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest with you, it wasn't fun anymore because at that point, Easton stunk. They really did. And it was, <laughs> it was tough to be excited to go call the games because – you know, you didn't understand what the coaches were doing, and not that it was our, you know, position to do that, but it just wasn't fun anymore. And uh, I remember going to the general manager at the time there at uh, uh, AM 1460, and they had just acquired 94.3 Winks FM. And uh, Alex Kolbioski was the station owner at the time. And I went to Stacy and Matt Spence and said, hey, I'd like to do a game of the week. Nah, we don't see that working. Okay. Well, how about a wrap-up show? Nah, I don't see that working either. So I said, well, how about if I buy the time? Okay. And that was the Then birth. it's on you at that point. It yeah. was on me at that yeah. point. And, and it wasn't because I don't think that they thought it would work. They didn't have salespeople that would be passionate about going out and selling it. And, and they believed in it. And if memory serves, now, I can't speak for down the road for in Cambridge, but in Easton, at one point, EMD used to, I think, carry a game, whether it be Easton or a game of the week or whatever, maybe even CEI. But that hadn't been done in a while, so I don't think anybody had a memory of it being done in that area, in the Easton, Talbot County area, at least in a while. So I think that's part of it, too. You, know? you, you could be right. Yeah. I, I think it was 2004 when I started going – uh, calling the games, I had approached uh, the general manager at the time. It was uh, BS before Stacy, and uh, had talked to Matt Spence. And Matt actually was my color commentator uh, when I approached him. And Matt said, yeah, I can do it. And we had Ben Franklin Crafts and Framing Center was a sponsor back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we uh, Rick Schmidt, whose kids were playing on Easton High School at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, sponsoring uh, the broadcast for – AM 1460. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perrette and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, step away from the pain by calling Perrette and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. So pass through the time and we had a lot of fun, of course, but I wanted to do a show like I had heard when I had lived in Mississippi and when I lived in Kansas City, and that was 
when I was leaving a game from being a color commentator for Lamar School down in Mississippi, Meridian, Mississippi, it was you would hear them talk about schools from all across the state of Mississippi. High school football is big down there. Well, I wanted it to be big here too. And, and I think it is big, not Mississippi big, but it's still big here. And hearing these fans call in, not the coaches, the fans would call in and give a report on these games. And these were passionate fans. They knew the stats. They knew everything. And I wanted that here. And it was great for me because it gave us an opportunity that when the games ended on a Friday night, I think we went with uh, back then games were starting at 7, back when they should be starting. And uh, we were mm-hmm. able to so – I think we started at 9 o'clock. And it was supposed to be for one hour. And you know, don't tell Alex, but, we, you know, <laughs> we went an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, yeah. depending on, you know, who was yeah. long-winded and what have you. I don't think Jake Coleman was a head coach at that point, <laughs> so we didn't have to worry about it. But, you know, it was – an opportunity to talk to the coaches after the game. And it was more about, wasn't so much about the coaches. Coaches dropped kids' names. And it was about giving those student athletes the exposure that they deserved and to talk about their performances. Uh, And uh, it was just something that I enjoyed. You would call in as a part of Overtime Live at that beginning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's where we got our name, Overtime Live, when it started in 2009. Yeah. Okay. So we were uh, week three uh, of coaches calling in and talking and me contacting the coaches, probably waking some of them up, uh, especially if they you know, were in playing in Salisbury and they had a Saturday game or what have you. And uh, Coach Brian Sopanowski from Kent Island High School at the time uh, approached me and said, hey, I'd really like to get my games on the radio. How can I do that? So I went back to Stacy Mons at the time and, you know, said, hey, I got a coach who wants their games on the radio. We want to do a game of the week. What would it cost me? And she told me. So I went back to Coach Brian Sofanowski and told him, he says, you know what? We'll make it happen. So with that in mind, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk to the man that got us doing the high school game of the week. That's coming up next right here. Time out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. Now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Welcome back to Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. We've been talking about the formation of Overtime Live. More me than you. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> willing to chip in here, but I'm going to give it over to Coach first. Yeah, yeah. so Coach Brian Sovanowski, thanks for joining us. Hey, today. guys. How y'all doing? Glad Very to be back on here. Yeah, well, we're glad yeah. to have you. It's been a long time yeah, because, you know, we'll get to where you fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. but. <laughs> But I, I want to talk about going back to mm-hmm. 2009 uh, when you approached me three weeks into your season. You said, hey, I'd like to get my games on the radio. I've always wanted to ask this question and never did. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, you know, what's funny is the year before I was in Kansas hunting in December. And my cousin and I, we actually turned the TV on and a high school football game came on. Mm-hmm. And then we went out a little bit later and the high school football game was on the radio. 
And I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's incredible that these kids are getting recognition on the radio and people from all over are listening. Right. And, uh, you know, it was just in my head the entire year. And then I heard, I knew you guys had overtime and talked to coaches. I'm like, man, it'd be pretty cool for the kids on the shore to get some exposure, these teams to get some notoriety when the shore gets overlooked quite a bit, mm -hmm. as we all know. And uh, that's when I approached you about it. So our first game, I don't even know if you knew this, was 2009. It was uh, October 9th at Easton High School, where we were very familiar with the broadcast booth. And it was a game, and I think Coach set us up for this because they went in and they beat Easton 60-10. to 10. <laughs> No, I did not know that. 60-10. Yeah. 60 to 10. 60 wow. to 10. I mean, wow. pasted them. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, all right, well, we're going to do a blowout. So we're going to learn how to fill time real quick <laughs> because, uh, you know, so we did that. And, and it just we got to put together this package because when I went back and told you, you said, you know what? No problem. Go talk to these few people here and we're going to make that happen. And the first one I picked up and the phone, I picked up the phone and called was Bobby Willie. And that was one of the first names you told me. He was at uh, – in fact, I remember you telling me, call this guy. He, ha <laughs> he, knows, he knows people yeah. and will help you get them on board. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up the phone. I called Bobby Willie from Chesapeake Lawn and Landscape. And we'll bring Bobby in with us now as well. And, uh, you know, Bobby, when I don't know if you had talked to Soph before I got in touch with you about this. Or if he just kind of threw you under the bus and you were like, oh, all right. <laughs> no, I think I was put on uh, put on alert a little bit, being a part of the coaching staff there. We all knew that uh, this was something we wanted for the kids. And uh, it was a no-brainer for me when the call came through. And, you know, I was absolutely elated to uh, to try to pass along the people that I knew that I thought would be in the same same boat trying to help uh, get the kids the recognition that they were that you guys were looking for. Now, Chesapeake Lawn and Landscape signed on as a sponsor for that year. And, and then, of course, we also got a couple of others. Uh, Pat Hansen was uh, one mm -hmm. of the sponsors that stepped up. And uh, please forgive me for not remembering all of them because there were five, six, or seven of them, uh, you know, that uh, we were able to pick up. But the ones that you told us, and we had already had, uh, I remember uh, Scott Milligan from Baltimore Door and Frame, uh, the Preston Automotive Group, Preston Ford, David Wilson Jr. had already jumped on board with us supporting everything we did. Uh, you had Rick Schmidt from uh, the uh, from Baltimore Door yeah. Frame, and and now part of part of my family. Yeah, part yeah. of your family, yeah. as we found out. Uh, but all these people jumped on board to be a part uh, of this. Uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, and I say it every week uh, when we're doing overtime live, it's not possible without our sponsors without the coaches, and, of course, without the listeners because that's how we know that uh, people are enjoying what it is that we do. And well, I think one of the things that we've always approached is we want to try and be as balanced as possible. And that first year when we went and we did the Kent Island games, you know, we were calling the games for Kent Island, but we were calling games for all of our listeners that were from across the midshore. And we tried to be as neutral as possible. And, it was actually a, a pretty good year for Kent Island um, because uh, it was the year that you, know, you had made it to the playoffs yet again. Uh, in fact, you beat uh, North Carolina 35 nothing. Uh, but that was right after week 10 with the 
War on the Shore, as we dubbed it, where I think, it, if I remember correctly, it's one of my memories. Are you and sure you didn't get a cease and desist from Washington at Salisbury for that? It, but, I mean, wasn't <laughs> that the snow yeah. game? Look, they all run together. But, <laughs> but I believe it yeah. was one of the two or three years where Queen Anne's and Canal were 9-0. and uh, and okay. it was, they, I think, calculated between five and 7,000 people at the game. But, yeah, that was the year where it snowed. Uh, we were still in shorts because yeah. it wasn't that bad prior to the game. You know? <laughs> that's, but, yeah. It's the persona that the coach has got to put off. We're tough. Yeah, so. And, no, it had nothing M- to do with McCormick and them at North Carolina do the same thing. It, it, it's yeah. all about superstition. <laughs> you know, you don't change your clothes. You wear the same underwear. You wash them, of course. You yeah. eat the same foods, you know. <laughs> but that, that's the only reason why the shorts. And then later, as I progressed and got a little smarter, I, I put on pants when I knew it was kind of a – it's a doable process yeah. where I can be warmer <laughs> later on. <laughs> he got wiser as the years went on. Yeah. <laughs> Only in some things. But. but, yeah, so that was the year that you ended up being, beating North Carolina in the playoffs, 35 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got to play Queen Anne's again, and that didn't go so well. well uh, I think we – Ken Allen was in the region championship six times. Yeah. Won three, and two of the losses came at the hands of Queen Anne's in the early years. And it's just because the program that Queen Anne's and Donnie had built was an amazing program. We just couldn't get over that hump. Right. You know, but eventually, after a couple of years, we got there. But, yeah, that was a memorable season. Absolutely was. Yeah, and, you know, we go – Queen Anne's won that game 41-17. Then they went to the state semifinals. They beat Middletown that year 48-33. And then that earned them their first shot at a state title for the 2A uh, in football. And – we went and covered that game. It was so weird that our first year, and damn it, we haven't been back. <laughs> I, that's true. That's true. No, I will never forget that. And the great, the, the great setup that all the parents had beforehand, you know, they were grilling out. You know, they had a lot of great food. They had a spread there for everybody. We got a chance to get a little something to eat before we went into the stadium. And then that is a game where it snowed. Uh, you know, it, that was yeah. a later game. They played Eastern yeah. Votech from Eastern Baltimore County, and I was on the sideline for that, but it snowed. It was cold, but it, it was so cool, though, to be on the sideline at a pro stadium for a state high school football championship game. Now, I had experience playing in, you know, Memorial Stadium at the Turkey Bowl with Calvert Hall Loyola and then coached uh, in the first year of uh, when I got out, at, uh, then PSI Net. But to be there a couple of years later in a high school scene at a different role doing sideline reporting was really cool for the kids and all that. And I know they fought hard. They came up a little short. I think that was like a, a 16 to 8 game or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It See, it's, it's amazing yeah. the things you remember. I can't remember something two minutes ago, but I remember the score for that game. But that was, that was a special experience. I know for the parents, especially. All that hard work to get there is that's a big deal, obviously. Sixteen yeah. to eight was the final. Do yeah. you remember the quarterback for Queen Anne's that year? <sighs> Come on, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I know it'll. I'll I know as soon as you tell me it'll. Tyler German. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tyler German. Yeah. So yeah. You know that was that was year number one, and that was the year that you know as I sit and I think about you know where we came from, you know I mean you talk all the time on your after show, um, you know the post game wrap up that you know. You used to play. You used to coach. And, you know, and you're a fan of the game. Bobby, you're a fan of the game. And when you think back, you know, I don't know, did, did you coaches ever sit and talk about after the season was over, whatever, was like, wow, how cool is this? Our kids are actually getting exposure from, you know, just, just having their name on the radio. Did you ever hear anything from parents or, or other coaches or anything? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it was it became more commonplace. You know, people were people were excited about it. You know, you're sitting in traffic trying to get out of the stadium, and you know everybody's tuning in right away just to try to hear you know little snippets from around the Bayside. And yeah, I think it definitely carried. Um, it brought football to the Bayside in a way that just hadn't been done before. So yeah, it traveled pretty quick. I believe that. Now, of course, uh, up the road in, in Cambridge, uh, the, the uh, station up there, the AM 1240 station, you know, they've been carrying football for years with uh, Bob, the coach, Bob Kenneman. Right. You know, Bob was announcing those games, and they always did Cambridge, South Dorchester. But I think this was the first time uh, in 2010 where instead of doing all of the Ken Island games, we went and did a game of the week. And sometimes we were successful in picking a really good game, and then sometimes the, what I thought was going to be a really good game turned out to be not. Well, but I think and something that Bobby said, though, is that what Overtime Live has done is that we're covering all the teams, all, all 13 that play football, that is, that it's not just, okay, we're covering that specific town. And thankfully with the FM, with a greater reach than it had than the AM, well, we're able to do that with Overtime Live and get all the coaches on and to be able to cover that. So, yeah, we have our game of the week, but then afterwards we expand the, you know, the whole nine yards. And the cool thing, too, you hear from coaches is they're listening in some cases on the bus on the way back. They've got the show tuned in, listening to the end of you guys with the postgame show and, you know, and then me covering it now would be my 10th year full-time with you guys at doing that and I think that's really cool and you know coach talked about hearing on the radio uh in the Midwest and I've, t- I've told the story a million times though of going to games with my uncle Stephen in Pennsylvania we would go up to see Berwick who was nationally ranked at one time uh in the 90s under legendary George Curry who passed away we'd go up to Harrisburg Lower Dolphin see those kind of games at WHP 580 Harrisburg they carried the the big state network high school football show that they had and I thought that was so cool and and even going to the Canton-McKinley game uh, up in uh, – or Maslin-McKinley game, I should say, up in Canton, Ohio one year, that also was on radio. And that was so cool. And as I've always said, now to be able to do it and to bring it to the shore where before it was an underserved market, now it's being fully served and we're taking it up to a now another level here this year, which is great. It's really something special to me. And it's a th- it's really a huge thrill. And, I, yeah, I mean, talk about playing and coaching. Now this is my way to be involved – the way you guys are, the way, you know, you're coaching again and all that. And and that's a great way. It's a great way to be involved because I'd love to be on the sideline, but if I can't, to be talking about it is cool. You went back to – and going back to your previous question, it, I can't tell you how many times I would get text messages or phone calls from friends and family that listened to the game on the radio because you couldn't make the game. Right. And I'm telling you that then and then the next week they're like, well, we listen to that Easton game. How's their quarterback? Or we we listen to that, you know, the game on Y High, man. That running back is really good. We hear I'm like, so the whole short was getting that recognition and notoriety, you know, and it was awesome walking, you know, into any store and people like, man, we heard the game this weekend. And so that, that's a tribute to you guys and all the sponsors like Bobby and, yeah. and everyone else out there because the kids on the shore are finally getting a little bit of uh, publicity that they always get kind of slighted on a little bit. It's funny because one of the things when you're approaching, you know, somebody to uh, sponsor Overtime Live, and, you know, it's they all want to know, how many listeners do you have? Mm-hmm. And there's no way to give you a quantitative number, but my response has always been, I don't know, but I know when I'm walking to my car after the game, they're in the parking lot, you know, and listening to the broadcast. You know, so they're t- listening to the coaches. They're wanting to hear what the other coaches are saying. 
And, and it's important for our listeners to realize that when you hear a sponsor's name out there, it's important that you go in and you, you know, support that sponsor, but also let them know, hey, thank you, yep. that, you know, for sponsoring high school sports mm-hmm. on the radio because without sponsors, it's really not possible. Nobody knows how expensive it can be. I mean, Mike's price has gone up every single <laughs> year. I mean, you know, just like uh, easy. But and, yeah. and now I've got Matt Griffith as my color commentator. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. man, not only does he demand a high salary, but, damn, he can eat. Five odd you know? dollars. <laughs> so, you know, so. Mark's met his match, but yeah. Matt always flashes the resume. <laughs> pay, pay up, big boy. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you, you uh, mentioned about the folks that are texting you and things like that, and I can't – I, I want to say uh, it was uh, a running back for you, Ethan, maybe, or Evan – Evan Greenwood. Evan Greenwood, whose parents were overseas. Yep, and yep. And it was so cool because when we partnered up with, uh, uh, with our buddy Steve – um, and uh, what's Steve this? Glendennan. Yes, Steve yeah, Glendennan. Of, of SFM Sports, yes, SF- who provided the streaming. Right, yeah. for the longest right. time, he provided the streaming in the mm-hmm. archives. And to get an email mm-hmm. from Evan's family thanking us for carrying the games mm-hmm. so that they could hear it, that was cool. I'll touch on that, too. Uh, you know, it's one of the years that I think I stepped away from coaching with Soph uh, and a playoff game, and we were heading south to uh, with a group of buddies doing like an annual uh, RV trip. Yes. And I tell you what, we found every piece of gadget uh, technology <laughs> to connect up to try to find a way to uh, to listen into that game. And it was a bunch of football alumni that could actually make our Friday night trip down to South Carolina way more enjoyable. So, yeah, it was I, I can still remember that. Because we didn't have the technology to do it. We, was it the Falston game? It might have been. Well, or it might have been a Middletown well, game. Greenwood, had, he, he had a huge game well, at Falston. He has a state record still yes, for he did. most carries. Yeah. yeah. Three yeah. carries, I think. Yeah. You know, and that's, He's still sleeping because you found <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was at that game. I remember that very well. We always that's said a heck ride of a the game. train, baby. Yeah. And that was what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and for some Dave reason. Dave Seske couldn't stop him. N- nope. Yeah. Uh, and he still didn't yeah. get recruited by big-time colleges. Yeah, and, and, and we'll get that's another show. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. That's another show. But Absolutely. I think that yeah, would we got be plenty a, of topics. I think yeah. that would be a great topic yeah. to talk about, you know, why people get recruited and not get recruited. Because, you know, we've seen some kids that you look at and say, hmm, how'd that happen? But mm. then you have other kids like, why didn't he get recruited? And, yeah, but again, that's, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by. Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. You're listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. We've got Coach Brian Sofanowski and Bobby Woolley with us. Also a coach at Kent Island High School. Bobby, uh, uh, a state champion coach in lacrosse. And uh, unfortunately just missed it uh, this year in the uh, 2021 season. And, of course, I don't know. I, I think you know, coaches tend to find people to be in relationships with that manage to get championships. So, you know, so it's, he never got that state championship as a head coach, but um, he, he knows somebody that's an assistant coach that just got one with Queen Anne's County High School softball uh, as well. 
But uh, we're talking overtime live today about, you know, where we came from, how we got to where we are. And because here we are, we're entering in the fall, uh, we're entering our 13th year, which to me is crazy. And I'm, this makes my 18th year of calling high school football on the shore. And I just, I can honestly tell you when I first started, I didn't think we'd go this long, but it's a tribute to our sponsors that did make that happen. I mean, to be honest with you, and Bobby Willie can tell you, I don't have to come down and, and give him a sales pitch. I can just text him and say, are you in? And, and that's his response. And it's that way. I mean, we probably have a 95% renewal rate with mm-hmm. all of our sponsors because of what we're able to do, and, and they see the value. I don't know if the edge, because that's Chesapeake Lawn and Landscape, uh, went from Chesapeake Lawn and Landscape to now the edge. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we can touch on that, Bobby. We, I, I saw you make the transition because this was a dream of yours to help people on the shore, and you allowed us as Overtime Live to be a part of that growth. And you started out in just a one single bay, uh, you know, warehouse to now I mean, you've got a huge multi-purpose facility, not just one building, but two with the possibility of expanding in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think one, you touched on, it was never a sales process for you. Uh, there was no hard pitch that you had to give me. Um, my heart is as invested in, you know, the youth and the, and the athletes in this community, um, not just here, but across the entire midshore. Um, so that was an easy process. You saying, Hey, do you need to do one in? I, absolutely. Anything right. that I can do to help create the notoriety amongst the players was, was an easy answer for me coming from Ken Island high school as an alumni, you know, Oh one back then we were, we were brand new. So God, the, he's so young, the odds of us <laughs> getting recruited out of, out of that school back then were, were even more difficult. So now that I saw a sliver of hope for these kids, um, obviously I was coaching at the time as well. Um, it just, it was an easy answer for me. As far as the transition from the, the landscaping company into my passion, um, which is, you know, developing student athletes into giving them a chance to go on and pursue, you know, higher accolades in college and so on and so forth. Um, I always knew that the landscaping company was a short term, you know, grinded out hard work, um, figure it out kind of thing, learn how to run my own business. And then um, you gave me, you know, kind of a platform to, feel really confident um, going into the sport performance training. You know, obviously that's where my degree was and so on and so forth, but um, letting that out to the entire midshore with the player of the week and all the things that we've done over time um, has been special, you know. It all adds up to, you know, getting the kids in front of the right people, you know, and at the end of the day, if I'm just a small part of that, then, you know, I just owe it all to you. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but, but you know, he, he actually he coined the phrase win the day. And, you know, and, and I loved that phrase. And I said, mm. we need shirts that say win the day mm. that we, w- we could give to our student athletes uh, of the week or the month or whatever the case may be. And, you know, even now I, I see uh, somebody on Facebook uh, that I'm friends with uses hashtag win the day. And yeah. I just want to tell him that's taken. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> well, and the, even the commercials, the commercials are really good. Yeah. They're, they're very yeah. well produced yeah. and all that. I mean, even down to that, that's my first trip here to the edge and I'm very impressed. But I think following your passion and, you know, doing that 180, 
that's impressive. I mean, that and that's a lesson for the players after they graduate that, you know, whether they're able to pursue sports in, in some manner, you know, following their passion, it's important because, I mean, Mark, you know this. I mean, I'm, I'm a finance graduate, but here I am doing communications and in my 17th year of radio because it's ultimately what I love and now being able to tie in sports and more sports now – uh, more than ever with this, and then thankfully I've been blessed to get more work in Baltimore as well, that, you know, I'm doing what I love each and every day, and it's yeah. great. You know. it, so if I want to tax your brain a little bit here and go back in history, <laughs> there, was, there was a game, and I can't, I can't remember if it was, a, uh, I, it was a playoff game, I thought, or it could have been a week 10, week 9 game against Y High. You guys were down. It was hold, a, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Region championship. Oh, that, that's in, a game that, that will always in 2012? be. 2012? That, that okay. game will always be emblazoned in my mind. Yes. When you were talking before our podcast started, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. We are down by, is 14 nothing yep. with two and, a half, two and a half minutes to go in the game. Mark Jenkins and I are on the sidelines <laughs> talking about hunting the next day because we're, we're losing, right? And how much time was left? Two and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the final of that game was 28-24. We won it over time. Yes. So – that was just – that was one of my biggest memories because that was – gosh, what was the coach's name? Um, Nettles. David Nettles. Yeah, yeah. Nettles. Yeah. David Nettles. Yeah. And that was his collapse. You know, I mean, that was a huge Well, and there collapse. was some – there was some, uh, I think, oh, a little yeah. bad blood between yeah. the two Well, parents. I mean, they, they had two amazing running backs. They had Dante Ayers yeah. who got all the carries, and they had uh, Marlon Jones yeah. who was crushing us up the middle. And for whatever reason, they kept trying to run airs on the outside, and we were stuffing them every time. But every time Marlon Jones touched the ball, it was like 30, 40 yards. And we were like, thank goodness they didn't run him again. <laughs> it was because they went for fourth and one at, at midfield. They did. And that was, and that that, was when that things that started. that allowed yeah. us to get the first touchdown. Right. And I'm like, thank goodness they ran, they ran him instead of yeah. Jones. And didn't you guys run a trick play on one of well, the drives? Was it, it wasn't it a, a trick hook play. And ladder or? Nope. It was – I went out in the field and did the whole Sandlot football. I drew on my chest, what we call it. We now call it a V-route. I was like, okay, I want the receiver to hard slant inside and cut right before running man, and we couldn't get off the man. So I said, I want you to run a hard slant. I drew it on my chest, and Cameron Richard was going to be the, run, uh, the receiver. And I said, I want you to cut hard to the sideline, get a little depth. And I said, good, Rich, throw it over his top shoulder. And during the, we threw it. For the first down, and then we threw it for the winning touchdown yes. in overtime. Yeah, and I was there on the sideline <laughs> for that. I remember that. That I will never forget that game. Yeah, and I think one of the reporters, it may have been Dustin, took a picture of me interviewing Cameron after yeah. the game that I still have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. a crazy, crazy. I, I, Cam, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just gonna say real quick. So Cameron one summer worked at the Green Turtle in Ocean City, which is my cheers at Ocean City. And when I saw him, I was like, wait a minute, I know you. And he's like, I know you. And we started talking. It's like and that's an awesome thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but that's, you know, that's special. It's like, that's a memory you'll always have for the rest I of your life. I think Cameron still has yeah. it up on his Facebook called, the, called yeah. the Catch. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But going yeah. overtime live was special for me for that day because my daughter was our ball girl and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, it was yeah. kind of a chilly game. We are losing, and I guess she got in the car with her mom to go home, and they're driving in the car – but they're listening to the game on the radio, and all of a sudden, we come back. She calls me, I, and she's like, I'm listening on the radio. I can't believe it. You know? That's good stuff. And see if it wasn't on the radio. 
you know, it wouldn't have known. Yeah. And I got yeah. so many great memories yeah. and a, a lot are with Ken Island because, you know, we, you had this success early on. Queen Anne's had this success, yeah. and then it turned you into – You guys were the gold standard. Yeah. Then it turned into North Carolina, mm-hmm. and guys, yeah. there for a while, I was thinking we were the Ken Island and Queen Anne Radio Network, and then it was the North Carolina Bulldog Radio Network, yeah. and <laughs> it just kind of – the way it worked. I mean, this year we were Eastern High School's Eastern. Radio Network, and yeah. it worked out good this year because we got to see everybody. They all came through. Mm-hmm. But I want to go to 2014, <laughs> Coach. A couple of things about that year st- uh, sticks out. Uh, I remember taking the trip to Fort Hill. Uh, with you guys um, wow. for the whooping, but uh, it, it was it was nice. It w- at halftime, it wasn't. It wasn't a whooping. I was going to say you guys were in it. For, yeah, yeah. You, you fall hard. Yeah, when, I mean you have a D one running back that goes pro. I mean it yeah. helps. You know <laughs> that was Ty Johnson. Ty right? Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> he broke through the line the first play. I'm like, it's going to be a long. Night. <laughs> <laughs> the thing yeah. I remember about that game, we pulled in there and we found a restaurant because you know you got to go eat, and uh, we we found this restaurant up there, and everybody's wearing Fort Hill stuff. And when I saw that, I was like, that's a football town. You know, it reminded me of, you know, the, the Friday Night Lights, the Remember the Titans mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I was like, man, this, this needs to happen to the shore. And where, where you get a fire in your belly for your Friday night football game, your team is playing, by golly, you're there. It doesn't matter what else is going on. Everybody knows. I mean, the place in Fort Hill was shutting down yeah. at six o'clock so they could go to the football game, and that, the way it should be. But the yeah. Way, yes, yeah. And, yeah. and for the life of me, I haven't seen it blossom like that here, and and I don't know why that is because maybe people come from other places or or whatever. But that I'll never forget that and. You know, it's like, you know, Clemson has their walk down the hill. Fort Hill has their walk down the mm-hmm. steps. And I'm surprised more players don't get hurt slipping on those steps. But, yeah, it's just – it was so cool, mm-hmm. you know, to be a part of that. We actually – number one, we did it for competition-wise. We were right. like, look, they're, they're the epitome yeah. mm-hmm. of Maryland football. So, number one, we wanted to do it for our boys could see the best and we wanted to compete with the best. And we were two and a half seconds away from going to the state championship game. Which that we'll year. get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah you don't need to bring that up. <laughs> um, and then yeah. also it was the experience because Ford Hill actually pays the away teams to come to them. They actually feed you when you're no done. Kidding. So you wait in line. Wow. They give you two monstrous pieces of pizza and a thing of French fries and a Gatorade. And they send you on your bus and go home. And most of the time for them, it's always a victory, yeah. you know. So <laughs> it's always all right for them. But it's the I was I've always been told the experience to go play Fort Hill is incredible, and it absolutely was. The we lost, but the boys felt good about themselves because we competed with them for a good yeah. bit of the game, and um, and then they were treated really nice by some great people up there. Right. So and and they are great people, and that that 2014 season. Uh, you, you just mentioned the state semifinals. Uh, you lost to Dunbar 24-21. Obviously, uh, you say don't talk about it. Obviously, <laughs> it, you, you can recall how you lost that game because I can't, but I remember we were broadcasting the game. Do you remember? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was on the sideline. I was there in the corner. I, I remember very vividly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, well, first of all, I can just name off a half dozen things that I did wrong to lose that game because that's what – I'm supposed to do, but the end of the game, uh, we were able, they had a running quarterback, of course, and he r- ran outside the pocket and basically we tackled him on the 
edge of the line, uh, you know, the sideline, clock ran down, whistle blew. Our entire team is ecstatic. We think we win the game. We're going to state championship. And referees converse and say that they're going to put two and a half seconds back on the clock. And That's right. <clears throat> Forgot about that. And man. we're like, okay, here we go. You know, the only chance they really have is to throw this ball up in the end zone. And we have a great D-line, great defensive end. We put pressure on him, had the kid. He literally, if you look at the film, he's wrapped up, he's he wrapped up on he the ground. Hard. Knee barely, I mean, almost touching with, within inches. Ball gets slung up in the air in the corner of the end zone. This kid makes a sliding, diving catch. And it was like, you went from this euphoria to just this deflation of everything within you, you know, and. That was a tough one. Well, and Coach, I told you before we started, we were looking back at some memories, is that, you know, that's a game where your secondary really had an outstanding – you guys had a great game. They play those receivers a lot tougher than I thought. You know, I'm expecting they're going to get by them, and they didn't. And your secondary played great, obviously, in the scoring. But, yeah, you talk about the air let out of the building with, with that. I mean, I, I, know that's, I know that's tough. And I remember with the lights going out, and you just kind of pacing the sidelines in your last game. But – I know that was tough, but that, that is certainly a memory I'll, yeah. I'll never forget. You were on the sidelines yeah. with us. I yeah. mean, you know the way that felt. Mm. Yeah, it's taught me a big lesson, not not to get too high with your highs and too low with your lows because mm. until that final whistle sounds, I mean, it the, anything can happen. Well, the final whistle did sound. Well, so I, we yeah. Thought, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just one of the many uh, mm. run-in memorable uh, you know events that you had with officials over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I had only been given one – one 15-yard penalty in my 14 years as a head coach, and the one wasn't even on me. It was one of my best friend coaches. It was on him, actually. But Jenkins. I'm not no. saying any names. <laughs> so, Let's Mike just – headsets. Yeah. Those, those, those are something we need to get around here. Well, yeah. We need to wear some headsets. We need to wear some headsets. We did. So, Mike just mentioned that was your last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, I can't recall. Did you know going in – that that was going to be your last that game? That season, yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. That, that's right. You had had that conversation mm. with me earlier in I the did. year mm. as well. So I'll never forget, I'm in the press box, and he is on the sidelines. And we had finished talking, and we had already you – know, we were done for the day and finished up our broadcast. And I remember looking down. I have. I took a picture of it, and, and I don't know. I still got it I, somewhere. I think I might even have it yeah. in this phone. I have to look. I, I, I'm serious. I yeah. took a picture yeah, from did. the press box <laughs> yeah. down to you sitting on the field. And if I recall, your daughter, who was the ball girl at the time, was helping you. Um, mm-hmm. She was sitting there with you, and you all were just having a conversation. And it hit me right in the feels because it was like, wow. You're getting ready to get me choked up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, you know, it was just you hate losing a game like that. and you, you only, You're either going to win or lose your final mm. game. There's no other way to look at it. Yeah. And, but it was – it just – it said a lot about you as a person, you as a dad, and you as a coach that, wow, it, it's over. And you, we, we see seniors do it all the time, you know. Seniors finish their last game. They sit down in the middle of the field, and, and they kind of – and I think they do it, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are coaches. I think they do it because they realize this is it, mm. you know. This is it. And you, I would think you did it 
because you knew this was it and that you probably couldn't get up off the field. So <laughs> you sat on the bench. <laughs> Is that a question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it just, you know, and that memory stuck with me, mm. you know. Um, I, I, and I'm with you. I mean, I remember the lights starting to go out, but you're still on the sideline. Your daughter's there. And then I think she leaves you, and it's just you at one point, And then eventually you make your way out to the locker room. And th- th- it's funny. Those are those scenes that you'll, you'll never forget. And for, for me, after the games, it's really tough at the end of a season like that, in a game like that, uh, you know, North Carolina comes to mind against Walkersville a couple of years back. Yeah. You know, there's so much emotion, and I'm, I'm trying to do my job. And, you know, we want to give the coaches an opportunity to say something, you know, if they like. It's, it's, it, it's uncomfortable, though, because you want to give you your space and take time to, you know, to, to do what you need to do. But at the same time, yeah, I'm trying to get a little something out of you. And it's, it's the most <laughs> awkward situation. And, and, you know, you do the best that you can. But it's to be down there and see the emotion, um, you know, I understand that. I mean, I've been there once before myself, so I get it. I get it. So. I mean, those moments are just – kind of a standstill moment where you realize the entire body of work that went into getting to that moment, you know, and as soon as that last game's over, you know, you have to kind of try to figure out how to compartmentalize and bottle it up. But knowing that there's no practice on Monday, no film on Saturday, you know, it's tough, tough to handle. This is Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. When we come back, we're going to get back to talking about memories and and things like that Uh, from the start of Overtime Live. So much to talk about. Stay tuned. We're back with more. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the Midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Hey, it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. Welcome back to a timeout with Shore Sports. More product, Mike Bradley. We've got uh, Coach Brian Sobanowski and Bobby Woolley with us, both from Ken Island High School. And we're talking about the history of Overtime Live and, and where we are now as we get ready uh, coming up in the fall, our 13th season uh, on 94.3 Winks FM. You can always stream at uh, forevermidshore.com. And, uh, Coach, we are just talking about you coaching your last game and, and the memories that go into that. And there are a couple things, and we do a pregame show. And at one point, we used to 
pre-record coaches' interviews mm. um, before a game. That's right. That's and right, it yeah. got really tough because there were two coaches that were very reluctant to talk to us before <laughs> a game <laughs> yeah. because they were, I guess, afraid that if they lost, that it was my fault. You know, I'm not talking to you again. And that was – Coach Sofanowski <laughs> and James McCormick. Yeah. You know, neither one of them wanted to do an interview. They yeah. did reluctantly, but once they lost, it was like, oh, you, know, you just knew that you were in trouble. <laughs> it, it, you know what it is, is uh, you game plan, you prepare, you do everything you can to get your boys ready for the game, but it's still a high school football game or high school athletic game of any kind, and you can't take anything for granted. And you just don't want to seem appear seem or appear too positive about anything. So you try to be vanilla, plain, and you just give the least amount possible you can because you don't want to give anybody billboard material. Well, apparently I did that, you know, with my pick, with my picks during the week. You know, if somebody saw that or coach saw that, oh, wait a minute now. I guarantee now. I put you yours know. up all the time. Every time you pick Cambridge not, against us. Yeah. I'm not sure I I'm not sure I picked against you too many times though, coach, but over the years. But but it is funny with that. It's like, oh, you picked against us, or you know, you get that sometimes. It's like, well, look, it's just, you know, I'm doing my job it's nothing personal and, and you, know? you learn a lot you from know? coaches like you yeah. know i get to a field who pays I, attention I, to who doesn't you find that yeah, out about yeah. your powerful <laughs> I, yeah. I get to the yeah. field early and yeah. you know to set up and everything and i like finding out i don't got any injuries or anything like that and the first time uh, that 13 or 14 year i can't remember it was I, I go to the first time i'm at ken island and they have the coach's room all right nice tv couch in there things like that and uh I go to the door to catch and talk to him. They closed the door. <laughs> they said, Coach can't talk. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all righty. Uh, you know, that, so that tells me that they must have an injury. They don't want to tell me. He's not, he's not going to lie to me. He's just not going to talk to me. Yeah. You know, but uh, they, and it, the coaches had that. And it's funny you brought up the billboard material. You want to be careful about what you say because that's one thing that I hear from coaches all the time that – listen to the show because they want to hear what Jake Coleman has to say. <laughs> they want to hear, you know. Yeah, because I'll ask him, okay, coach, who do you have next on the schedule? Who do you have next week? Can you talk about the opponent a little bit? <laughs> and, you know, it's uh, you got to be careful about, you know. Yeah. So. You know, and we were talking about your last game, and you knew, and we planned accordingly. We built in extra commercial breaks at the end of the year. Because if we were doing the Queen Anne's game and they weren't making the playoffs, you knew that the post-game wrap-up was going to be the longest Docks Riverside Grill post-game wrap-up because we were waiting for Coach Gray at Queen Anne's to finish talking to his players, and it was a long time. I mean, he, he must have been standing on a pulpit just giving them, you know, just praising them, of yeah. course, and just in wrapping up the year and how difficult that is and having to – let those kids go. Yeah. Uh, and you've, you've gone through that many a times. It just, mm. you know, the, the post-game speeches that the coaches give. Well, Bobby said it perfectly. When you know there's no tomorrow, when you know there's no practice, when you start collecting gear, you know, I did it for 14 years, and you're always going to lose that last game unless you win the state championship. So it is the hardest conversation to have with those young men those athletes that you that work so hard for you and the team, it's a difficult thing to ha have with those kids. And unfortunately, even though they reached the epitome of the state championship, he had to give that same speech 
this weekend. Right. And right. it is, it's a difficult thing to do. And it, it hurts a lot of people's feelings because if the parents all want to see, you know, little Johnny and right. everybody wants to see everybody, but man, you want to make sure everybody gets recognition and you know how much you love them and take and how much you appreciate everything they did all season. And because football or any sport now is no longer that three or four months like when we played. Right. It is all year long right. that they're lifting off season, playing seven on seven, playing travel. And man, it, those boys and those athletes, women as well, put in their hearts and everything. So that last game, it's a lot to, to go through with those kids. You know, it, it hits your heart every time. When you go back and you look over at the teams that you coached, <clears throat> was the 2014 team your best team ever? Oh, people always ask me this, and I, I, I dare not say what team's the best team because I can't. Even my 0-10 team my first year, they were amazing young men to play to coach because they walked on that field every week knowing they're probably going to lose. And it was a – I mean, it was a I, – I see those boys out now, and I'm so proud of who they become, but – Man, their memories, they, they bring back memories and talk about things I didn't remember. I can't say what was the best football team. I think it's – I don't think it's the right for, thing for me to say. I think was it 10, 12, and 14 achieved the highest because they were all region champions. Mm -hmm. But every season, those group of young men that played for me were, were amazing guys. And I think the thing that makes – and I say this with all due respect because I play basketball and baseball, and I have an immense amount of respect for all athletes. I think the thing about football, though, that sticks out for me is the fact that you take a look at the fact that it takes a week to prepare for that mm. game. For a couple of hours, all the preparation that goes in. But then at the start of it – and you're right, now it's year-round, no question. But even going back to August – you know, or, or weightlifting, let's say, in June and running in June and July, and then August you have camp hit. And just thinking about camp and the preseason, and then each week you're preparing for just, you know, two, two and a half hours. And, and, and all that goes into that, that, you know, other sports, again, with all due respect, you, you got quicker turnarounds and more games and all that. With football, it's just it's special in that way to me and to take a look at the whole process along the way. So when you get to the end of the season like that, you really do say, wow, it's over. And you do have to compartmentalize because if you don't reach the goal that you're there, it doesn't mean it was a bad season. But, man, all the work that went into it, it's mm -hmm. like, ooh, especially if you come up that short in a regional championship or semifinal or state final. Oh. Yeah. I think football carries a little bit more in regards to the overall preparation. There's no secret behind that. You mm -hmm. know, the amount of time that goes into preparing the body to right. sustain the ability to get through a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 week season getting beat on, you know, the physical preparation is huge. Yeah. You know, a lot of these other sports, you can, you can almost finesse your way through without having to go through quite the rigor and, that's what makes football different. Yeah. You know, your body has to be ready to be able to withstand a serious blow mm. repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking with Coach Brian Sovanowski and also Coach Bobby Willie with us here on Timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. We're talking memories uh, uh, from Overtime Live over the years. Go back to our second year. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, you were uh, with Decatur at the time. I was going to say, so 09, so 08, 09, 10. 
And I'm working, of course, my full-time job at the beach. But, right, I'm doing color commentary for Decatur games, but then calling in to give Bayside South updates. And then when Decatur season was over, if they didn't make the playoffs, I'd do sideline reporting for playoffs. Or if they played a game and then lost, I would do that. So I was kind of back and forth. But it was really cool to be able to do that um, because especially if Decatur didn't make the playoffs, I knew, though, that I was going to be able to come up and see a Ken Island, see a Queen Anne, see the good teams up north and, and be a part of that. And, of course, Mike joined us full-time 2011. And it took us until like 2013, 2014 to get the South Homerism out of him. <laughs> I mean, it, it was that bad. But, uh, you know, I go back to the second year, September 24, 2010. Um, Colonel Richardson and uh, Easton were playing. And they actually had to stop the game and go change the light bulbs in the, in the scoreboard, <laughs> I think, because that was a game. It was 53 51. Colonel won that game. Uh, that, I mean, that was just a crazy game. You go back to uh, 2015, and we opened the year with may have been our only first or second time we've ever broadcast a game from Kent County. Queen Anne's was there. And in the middle of the game, the lights went out. Now, that's stuff that happens mm. at Washington, mm-hmm. you know, because Washington is the voodoo place. You know, that's, <laughs> there, that's where weird things happen at Washington. But the lights went out, and then – uh, they got the game back going again, and Kent County won that game, forty six forty five. Wow! No, I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was, and we had some and, time to and, fill with the yeah, lights being right. out. Yeah, and I think yeah. Queen Anne's missed a field goal to you win might, the I think game. You might, I think you might be right yeah. about that. So, yeah, fifteen. I was done. Jim, Jim was there. I think between twelve and thirteen, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was. Um, He's at Brendan, uh, yeah, Brendan, Brendan Ireton. 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 At, at, at Curling. Yeah. 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 A 2017, a playoff game. Coach Damian Ferragamo coaching there, and they go to Harford Tech you know, Stadium, and they had the game. We both they, were coaching that game. Yeah. yeah we both yep. were coaching. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had that game, and they lost uh, 22-21 um, to Harford Tech. And I, I remember that game. These are just some of the notes that I had made uh, throughout. But, you know, you, you think back, and – um, well, I remember the, the, the interject. Um, you guys played at Middletown in a playoff game, did you not? You talk semifinal, right? You yeah. talk about Fort Hill being a great experience. Middletown also. I mean, you talk about the stadium, and they have a big time to do there. Because I remember I went up, I got a hotel room that night, and all that. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a big deal. And you guys again, you played really tough. It was ten nothing halftime. Yeah, you guys mm-hmm. played really tough, but I think offensively you couldn't get much going. But the defense yeah. kept you guys in the game. But that also was a really cool Friday Night Lights experience just west of Frederick there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you mentioned Middletown, yeah. uh, North Carolina. We were broadcasting that playoff game. Was it North, was it Middletown or Walkersville where they uh, tried to score and they threw a pick? Wasn't it? Was Wal- before the first before yeah, half before half time. Yeah, that was Walkersville. Walkersville. Yeah, but I, then I, they hit a field goal at the end. Of, it was 16-14, I, mean, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still <laughs> tell Coach McCormick though against that defense. It was a good call. Agreed. The tight end drifted to the safety. If he had gone more in the middle of the field and it was a better throw, that would have been probably a touchdown. And, and you know, he's not a guy that takes a lot of shots in the air. And I know he regrets it. I said, Coach, you had nothing to regret. Right. With all due respect to the kids, they just didn't execute it properly there. Yeah. I so, mean, it just I remember. That was, a hard, that was another after-the-game heartbreaker yeah. to yeah. have to, yeah. you know, talk to the coach and players after the game. Yeah. 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 So it just, you know, some of the members, we've seen some great players that have come and, and gone to play at the next level. Of course, three that, you know, run to my mind. Well, a couple of them, you got David Bailey, sure. who is now at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. as he left uh, Boston College? 
uh, to uh, follow the coach out there. Uh, you got Kendron Wayman, who is uh, playing at Wake Forest. Uh, Jamie on Franklin left Notre Dame, and is he's Duke. At Duke. Duke. Yep. Um, you know, and those are just three that I know because I was around them. <laughs> There's so many other student athletes from football that mm. have gone to play at the next level, and then so many that didn't for some reason. Well, let's not forget early the early days, the EMD days. One of my first gigs with you guys. Now I did board hopping on the old rotary dials for yeah. EMD. But I did sideline reporting Easton Snow Hill with Ben Tate. Yes, that was the game where I said Easton's <laughs> done a heck of a job shutting down Ben Tate. He's probably the most overrated running back I've ever seen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sir. We, we beat him at his junior year at Decatur. Yeah, because he's, he's That's swim. right, because he transferred. Yeah, yeah he transferred wow. to Decatur. Now, were you able to – Keep him somewhat in we check. Absolutely, or did he we had a running back named Mike Mann, and they were tick for tack every time Mike scored. Okay. Ben, ben would score, and then luckily Bobby tried to throw a pick or throw at the very last two minutes of the game. Mike picked it off, ran it back for a touchdown. We won. I mean, we didn't expect that by no means. Not with Ben Tate, we didn't. Well, yeah. and I and I laugh about that all the time. About yeah, you know, because. <laughs> Ben Tate goes to Auburn, and then he's playing in the NFL. Like, right, with Detroit or something. I'm yeah. telling my kids, you know, hey, yeah. yeah, I said he was the most overrated running back on the base side. <laughs> uh, and I think that was 04. That might have been the first year, it right? Was. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So, yep. you know, going back to the EMD days, I'll never forget, yeah. Coach Jody Ward was coaching Easton High School, mm. and uh, he went to Nandua. And uh, it was man, what a ride that is! Yes, that's a lot. And, and and I mean, they got holes in the floor in the press box at Nandua. You climb up through them. It took me back to my MRN days, where I'm standing between two billboards in the corner, you know, that I have to squeeze up between. No. And uh, I remember that game that you know, Jody. I remember you know saying on the radio that you know he he took the ball with like four minutes and some odd seconds left, and I said he wants a four minute and some odd second drive, and they won that game. And it made for the ride home a lot easier for him. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, these are just just the memories. And being able to be a part of what all of the coaches and the players and getting to experience that. And, and I think it's important to note that, that this isn't about Mark Potter or, or Mike Bradley or Brian Sofanowski or Bobby Woolley or, or um, we've had some great color commentators. You know, you had to – uh, Matt Spence, who was with me for many years. and Yeah, before he and, got married and had kids. Yeah, he had his Friday nights available yeah, at that time. <laughs> his wife put him on lockdown. Uh, you know, and, and you had uh, you had the coach, uh, Dale Beecraft. Yep. Um, gosh, and we had somebody before that, and I can't – they slipped right off my mind. I feel bad about that. Um, so, Mr. Imaginary, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and then, you know, and, of course, yeah. and Matt Griffith now who, you know, I, I've always said Matt Griffith was a good football coach. But he was a better basketball coach. And when I had him do the Bayside Basketball Championship games, I knew right then, oh, man, when, when you're done coaching football, you're going to come be with us because <laughs> he's good. He offered a lot, you know, to the broadcast. And, and, uh, and we did – I remember doing a few champ basketball yeah. championships down at the uh, Wicomico Youth and Civic Center. We even did a lacrosse yeah. championship. I had no idea what the hell I was talking <laughs> about, but I did a, a, a Kent Island State championship Did you get a little run. primer for Bobby there? Well, yeah. yeah. Hey, Bobby, yeah. You know what? Money yeah. talks. You yeah. call the station, they're selling time. Yeah. But people ask all the time, why don't you do lacrosse games on the radio? Because, one, a lot of the games start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. and it, it's, The station won't let us buy that time. That right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just, you know, and we're lucky we get the football. Nowadays, we're lucky we get the football on the radio. Um, so it's, you know, 
we would like to. I'd have to hire somebody to do it because I have no clue. Uh, you know, but the, the game is so different from a girl's game to a guy's game. You know, I just – I'm fascinated by the game. I was watching it on TV. You know, just you give, you give kids a stick and let them beat the hell out of each other and they get away with it. You know, I mean, and that's pretty much what it is. They're whacking at each other and things like that. But, you know, just being able to do what we do, um, it, it's, and, and it's for the kids. We've had so many kids' names get mentioned over the years – just having their name on the radio. And I don't know if mom or dad or grandma or grandpa ever heard their name. But by golly, I bet they knew that their name was on the radio. Yeah. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Well, when 100%. you put yourself in their shoes, when you come up to them with a microphone, you know, they've been little boys and little girls for a long time looking up to the pros who get that chance to do something um, after a game. And, you know, there's always interviews, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so in a lot of kids' minds, that's a, that's a very, very big deal. Um, so when you pull a kid off as player of the game or what have you, I mean, that is, to a young man or a young lady, that is a huge deal. Yeah, it, it really is. So, and, and talking to the coaches after the game, that's always fun. So, Well, and I made the, I made the point that, I mean, here, this will be, what, 10 years full-time mm-hmm. this fall. But I mentioned this past spring that I've never felt more comfortable before with all the coaches, but it takes time. But I appreciate the fact that, you know, you and Coach McCormick and Coach Grave. Because I'll be very honest, when I first started, you guys intimidated the heck out of me, you know. <laughs> and I didn't know what you thought about me. And, and you didn't – and to be fair, you didn't know anything about me. I didn't know a whole lot about you guys. And so it took some time to get some rapport and some trust. And, and I think that's something, too, that that just c- comes with time. But I feel really good now, especially I've been doing enough years that I feel comfortable with the coaches and they feel comfortable with me. They know I'm not going to lead them down a road that, you know, to try to get them in trouble. That's not the point. But that, you know, we've got a good rapport, a good relationship. And I think that's important because I, it, was new char- it was new territory for me. And, again, I was, I was intimidated, especially after games on the field face-to-face. It's one thing over the phone, but it's another thing, you know, on the field after the playoff game. So, but at this point, I, I'm, I'm glad that I have that. And I think the fact that, you know, Coach, you coached a long time. You've been coaching a long time. There's a lot of familiar faces. We haven't had too much turnover mm-hmm. where, you know, I know these guys. And even if there's a little bit of turnover, we – Thankfully, established like with Coach Waters, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, established that relationship because of COVID last year. So now, when I talk to him during the modified season, I feel comfortable. But a lot of these guys, you know, I've known for a while now. Coach Coleman goes to Decatur, okay, but he's still in the league and all that. And and you know, I know Coach that um, took over for him. So uh, I think it's just a comfort level. I think really helps now. Well, so. and I think for me, early on, uh, I was the JV head coach at North Carolina. And I did that for six years. So imagine me trying to get information from somebody else about <laughs> why so do what you is, think I didn't want to answer yeah, your you, question? Yeah. <laughs> you talk about Bayside South bias. How about you? Everybody yeah. said, "Oh, you're Mister North Carolina." Yeah. You know? yeah. That's yeah. what took time, right yeah. there. Was right. you proving that you weren't trying to dig where you shouldn't been digging? <laughs> See, but the funny thing is, and and I, hmm. I have to co- I have to thank Coach James McCormick for this because most JV head coaches and most JV coaching staff has to go do a, a varsity duty. Uh, whether going to film or what have you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to do that. and Because uh, you know, he knows you'd put him on the air right away. <laughs> but, but the thing is, with, no, with, so. with McCormick, mm-hmm. not one time did he ever ask me a mm-hmm. question about an opponent or an upcoming opponent or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He, he respected the fact that I had a job to do, and he never asked for that. 
I don't know if it's because he thought I didn't know what the hell I was talking about anyway, <laughs> or, you know, but whatever the case may be, um, you know, he never put me in a position to where it was uneasy for me. Um, and, and I think a lot of the coaches after the first year, you know, they're like, oh, all right, well, we're good, you know, because we ran pretty much the same stuff that they ran because as we've talked about their program, that's what they do. I mean, those kids that are moving from JV to varsity better know what's going on because that's – we're teaching the same thing. And the thing. good programs have that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it just – it was a tough position at the beginning for some of those coaches. I mean, Jake Coleman still doesn't tell me stuff. I think he thinks I'll go tell, you know, McCormick something. But, you know, it just you, – you mentioned – you know, the not much turnover. Yeah. And, and you think back what we have in the base side. And, you know, Coach Sofanowski, you know, left in 2014, but he's back on the sidelines some uh, helping Coach Ferragamo uh, because he just loves it, I would imagine. You just you, – you, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's mm-hmm. it's being around. You know, Coach Grave stepped down, and now Waters is there now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've recycled the coaches in Cambridge to Decatur. Bob Knox is out, an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then – uh, you look at Nettles is gone. He's been gone for many years. Well, they've been um, through yeah. two or three coaches right. now. Right. And you've got now Isaiah Taylor, Taylor right. there uh, now. Brendan Riley's been around for a while. He has. Snow yeah. Hill's coach has been here for a couple of years Dietrich, now. Which, Dietrich down. You know, yeah. Coach yep. Dietrich there has yep. been more consistency than they've had here lately. Yep. Um, you know, I think when you look at the base side, you also had the new coach up at Kent County. Kent County has been – just a consistent wheel of moving coaches in and out and you know hopefully he stays but I I think when you look back you have to wonder you know coach James McCormick we were just talking about him and and I think him and uh, Colin Joseph and Jody Ward they're they're a package deal you know and I think when when it comes time to hang up that and you have to wonder how many more years will they have how many more years will coach Ferragamo has his kid graduates this year you know, I mean, you just – you wonder where are we and how far are we away from seeing new coaches moving in and taking up positions, and if so, who? You know, because, you know, the administration's got to hire people that want to be around those kids and, and make the dedication mm-hmm. to coach because coach – both of you can tell us, and I, and I know as a JV coach how much time I spent – and how much is a head girls basketball coach or baseball coach or softball coach, how much time I spent outside of just on the field. That's a commitment. And, I mean, if you had to guess how many hours a week that you put in outside of the game and outside of the practices. I mean, yeah, practices are two hours long. Games are two to three hours long. But how much time did you put over and above that in a week? Well, first of all, when I was coach, there was another two-hour rule, so we practiced quite a few hours. Um, you also had to travel for tape and transfers and all that stuff yeah, before right. huddle. That, that's back in the day before huddle. So we were – I was trained with Hoot, Hoot down in Salisbury. Every once in a while I had to go to Delaware because somebody was on vacation, so I had to trade with them there. But quite honestly, it's the endless film watching. Yeah. People have no clue how much high school coaches – prepare week in and week out because you break down the game that you just played. To go fix what what didn't go well. The plus and minuses and and all that kind of stuff. And then you now are preparing for that upcoming week. 
the hours uh, easily every bit of 40 hours. And there's no question. He's, you're spending at least two or three a night watching film every single night. Right. And, and nowadays, I mean, there's huddle, which makes it a lot easier trading tape. I remember coaching girls basketball, you know, but before huddle, you sent somebody out to film a game. They bring you that game back. The VCR tape. Yeah, the yeah. VCR tape or, or the, the CD <clears throat> that you're putting on your, you know, your computer and, you're, you're watching the game, like you said, breaking it down. you got to do your stats on there because nobody mm-hmm. can keep stats what That's you right. want. Then you're going back and you're watching it and you're grading each player. And then you're going back and looking at the next opponent and breaking down mm-hmm. their tape and finding their weaknesses. And it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of time involved. And, in, oh, by the way, we don't make much money. I mean, Queen Anne's always made more than uh, Caroline – uh, and Talbot did, but you know that that's okay. That thirty six hundred dollars is well, and, and but you mentioned huddle, but Bobby, I have to assume that that can also add more time because when you have only VHSs, there's probably only so much dubbing that could be done at the time. But with huddle now, it's all digital that y- you want to watch as much as you can. So it's always like that may even take more of your time than back with the VHSs and CDs or whatever, you know? Right? Yeah, you, you can smartphone. be you can be pretty critical of uh, time spent on that system. Uh, yeah. You know, the plus five second minus five, all the different tools that it allows you to mm. to navigate the film uh i mean it, it's no short it, i don't think it saves us time per se it just makes it a little bit more convenient in mm. but i'm saying that, that the there's more watching. there that you could watch oh, yeah. where in the past you were probably somewhat limited to tape exchange now you have an endless supply so you can really get buried in that well, even i wouldn't go endless supply yeah. come yeah. playoff time yeah. you still gotta do it gets pretty you, slim you, you better gotta, go film your uh, own yeah, yeah. we still we, we still send a, send somebody to go do you collect film yeah just in case i mean yeah. you point. know you think you have uh allies all over the state <laughs> in, in some regard but yeah. You don't know who's friends with who over on the Western Shore when it comes down to, you know, needing to pull apart somebody from, you know, Montgomery County. Yeah. No, you better send yourself somebody to go get it. Well, the nice thing about the new programs is you can mark up that tape and you can then put it out there to the kids. So now you don't you're only limited a two hour rule with the kids. That includes team meetings. Now everything's right there on their phone. Yeah. And the nice thing I know with Huddle is you could tell who was and who wasn't watching tape uh, as oh well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But it is funny that you mentioned VHSs because I remember back when I was coaching out, you know, I graduated from high school, was in college, but went back and coached at, at Calvert Hall. And I remember on a Saturday after a game going to a coach's <laughs> house and getting a VHS tape from him and then bringing it in that next Sunday morning when we had early Sunday morning meetings at 6 a.m., 6.30. And, I, you know, I'm the young guy here. I'm the quarterback's coach and, you know, helping out assistant OC. And, you know, I'm in charge of all that young man on the block. So get the bagels, get the VHS, bring in <laughs> 6, 6.30 Sunday morning. So there's no going out Saturday night, college guy. You know, you better be here and ready to go because we're going to put together a game plan. We're going to watch some tape and all that. But I remember the VHS. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself with, a, you know, with that. I didn't have a DVD. It was a VHS thing. At least it wasn't a beta. You know, you know yeah, right, right. But, it, yeah, it's, it, boy, it's, it's funny with that. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric, education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. 
Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore. Welcome back to Time Out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. We're talking with Coach Brian Sokolowski and Bobby Woolley, both from Ken Island High School, about the history of the OTL. And when you think back, any other memories you guys want to throw out there that maybe I skipped out on that, you know, maybe involved part of Overtime Live or uh, what have you? Well, I think for me as a sponsor, the, the, the thing that comes across my mind is the the, the lady you had doing uh, one of the spots and everybody started to stop me around town, call me by some version of my name I had never heard before. Bobby Woolley. Yeah. yeah that, who, that, went that, who did that Bobby, spot? Bobby Woolley. Yeah, uh, I think that, it was an intern or yeah, something. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Almost, almost like a British I sound. know, yes. Yeah. And she, Bobby yeah, Woolley. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I do remember yeah. that. Yes, you know, so yes. You hear your spots on the, yeah. uh, uh, on the broadcast. And <laughs> it was very funny when people would start calling me that around town. So, <laughs> friends and, and, you know, Bobby Woolley. as far as it had to be, they were – Referring me by, by something I wasn't really sure I wanted to answer to. <laughs> Good stuff. That's right. I remember that now. That was, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the things that sometimes we're talking about the blowouts, picking the game of the week. I mean, sometimes it's a good game, sometimes it's not. Yeah, it's just you have to add. You got to have a good time, mm. you know, and it, it. You know that if you're not having a good time, your listeners can pick up on that. And if it's a blowout, oh, this game sucks, and they'll just turn off and just <laughs> go, and go on to the next thing. But you know, and, and then come back. Oh, the pretty boy, Mike Bradley's back on. All right, well, listen <laughs> to this now. You know, so I mean, it, it's you got to have a good time with it, and uh, yeah, hopefully everybody has had a good time tonight. You have any other memories you want to? Yeah, well, I, I was just I was just going to say this is a little bit off the beaten path, but w- with with high school football, I mean today, I mean football is huge passion. It's my favorite sport. I'd like to say I'm fairly knowledgeable in it, but I remember one of my first practices in high school, and and you know my dad and my two uncles were very good athletes, and you know I, I was okay, but I, I wasn't as good as my dad or my one uncle. They they were all Metro players and all that, but trying to follow in the footsteps and all that. But, you know, I had played some rec ball with Catonsville, but it, it hadn't worked out and I didn't end up playing a full season. They had me on the offensive line and it just, it, it didn't work out very well. It was my first introduction. So I kind of got a late start. So I'm getting into high school. I'm on the freshman team and you know, working at a quarterback and we, there are three of us. So I'm under center and I'm still not all the nuances of the game and all that. And I literally, I'm under center. I literally send a guy in motion. 
and hike the ball as he's just about right behind me, and I go back and I knock over my motion guy <laughs> completely. <laughs> Don't let him clear, nothing of that sort. And I still remember, and, and he and I are friends today, and he's a great guy, and he still coaches the ball. Coach Mahika, I remember Coach just saying, what the heck are you doing? You know, it's like, you know, get out of there. You're just going to hike the ball for the rest of practice. It's like, get a clue, you know. And it, but it, it just, it, but you remember that now, and I look back, I was like, I was so clueless about it. And, you know, I think the thing that I tell you was huge for me and coaches, you guys could appreciate that, all three of you, is the next year, um, late freshman year, in 99, I think it was, I'm sorry, 95, um, we had spring practice. But it was all, all the guy, freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. So in hitting drills and all that, I'm going up against guys who had played a year of varsity, maybe two if they were good, juniors who were going to be seniors. Here, I'm a freshman. This is really my first full year of football period, and I'm at hitting drills. I'm getting my tail kicked and all that, but it was a really good experience. And in the final, the, the, the spring game, you know, I had seniors or juniors who were going to be seniors supporting me, you know, uh, giving me confidence, uh, you know, just guys I could look up to and I felt comfortable in the huddle that they had my back. And I did pretty well in that scrimmage. And here I am a freshman, and, and I'm, you know, fish out of water here. And we had to drive down the field. I completed a couple of short passes. And the amount of confidence that gave me and the learning experience with the varsity coaches and all the coaches and all that, you know, that was, that was huge for me. And I made a big leap from freshman year to sophomore year. But to think back that, you know, something like that happens. And today, you know, I was like, that's, it's just, it's just fun, a funny memory that, that popped in. I, I want to yeah. end with this because yeah. you sharing that is, uh, and you said some things in there. Uh, Coach, I'll ask you, and then Bobby, I'll, I'll wrap up with you. When you think back, two, two parts, and one you don't have to answer if you don't want to. One, what is your most favorite memory from coaching high school football? You played at Wesley, and you can even mention that. What is your favorite memory from football period? And two, when you think about football and the game of high school football, what does that game mean to you that you try to translate to players? Well, you know, it's interesting when you learn as a player and a coach. For some reason, maybe it's my own mentality. I remember my losses more than any victory I've ever had, maybe besides the white high. And it's just because I, you put things on your shoulders a little bit and you think, man, and Wesley, here we are. I mean, we're probably one of the top Division three schools in the country, and we're number one in the country. And then we, lose, we just lost to Salisbury in the last minute of the game. They returned a kickoff back for a touchdown. I remember that game like it was yesterday. And it still crushes me. And I remember the Dunbar game. And I remember the 3 nothing Queen Anne's game that we lost in the last yeah. couple seconds. Of course, the White High victory, the Reeving Championship was a great memory as well. But, you know, I, I, honestly, it's, it's the friends. It's the young men that, I, that I've coached. My best memory right now from football is me seeing my former players out in town, police officers, military, in unions, college degrees, playing whatever sport they I played at college. That's my favorite memory right now is looking at all those young men going, man, they've turned out to be good people. And, and honestly, that, that's my favorite part right now of being a coach um, and watching those young men grow up to be who they are today, being fathers and, and, and great citizens, actually. And what was your second question? As, as, what, what, as, a, as a person, mm. what, what can you get out of football? It, 
oh my God, goodness, there's so many things that it brings to an individual's life. It teaches them work ethic. It teaches them, teach them failure. More times than not, you're going to fail. More times than not, you're going to be pressed and go through hardship. And I've always told my, all my teams, it's not who you are when you win. It's who are, you are when you lose. How will you respond to that? And I think I learned all of those characteristics of, of an individual through football. And um, I, I think it's a shame because we don't see it. I think a lot of people are, have a negative perception about football right now because of concussions and the hard work that you have to put in to be a player now. And uh, I don't think there's many sports that teach, teaches teamwork, individuality, and hard work like football does. It's just my opinion, of course. Maybe other coaches. And Bobby's a multi-sport athlete, so he understands that. I wrestled. I played baseball. I did all those things. But it didn't teach me half of what I learned from playing and coaching football. Well, that's a tough one to follow up, Bobby. So, you know, your most favorite memory from football and uh, also, you know, when, when you hear football, you know, like I asked him, you know, what's that mean? Uh, to touch on what we talked about earlier, you know, um, I'm a pretty sentimental coach. You know, I, 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 can, I can take some of the soft spots and, and nurture the young guys. And, you know, I think probably my, my most fond memory of coaching was what you guys talked about with the coach leaving the field. You know, coach, he, uh, he coached me back in the 90s, you know, when the school brand was brand new. So I developed more of a – coach was very young at that time. Uh, so we, we, we were closer in age. More than, so what are you saying now? We're, 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 we're a lot closer in age than I, I think most would assume. But, um, no, him coaching me and then seeing him uh, have such a successful program at, at the school that I was an alumni at. You know, that, that was something, seeing him – on the bench, like you said, I, I mean, I had that, that photo was my, my Facebook, uh, you know, my profile picture for a period of time. Cause I just had such huge respect for his ability to create everything that he just said, you mm -hmm. know, the great men that step foot out of the school and go on to do much better things with their lives as a result of everything they learned from football. So frankly, I think my fondest memory, which I think I've told you before was seeing how much it means to one person, you know, beyond family, the amount of time and everything else that you put into it is just incredible. So I, I just told him this, this in a, a couple of days ago in a text message was I learned everything about developing my program based on everything I lived through you. Um, and that's, that's serious. You know, he, he poured his heart, soul, time, energy into it. And to see him step foot off the field that time was probably my most memorable moment what does football mean to me you know being a past player uh you learn so much it's a microcosm of of life in reality now that i'm you know married and expecting our first kid it's um i learned so much from the game that no one else could have taught me without the game frankly i mean that's just the truth you know the hard work the commitment the the tough 5 a.m alarm clock going off in college and saying if you don't go to practice, you are off the team. Five o'clock becomes a thing of the norm then, you know? So all of those rituals and, you know, you're not a good football player from the start. You have to be mentored and you have to learn a lot. So every kid begins as some crummy little football player. Doesn't know how to block, doesn't know how to catch, doesn't know how to throw, doesn't do any of that. So seeing that it can bring all those skill sets to life and just be applied 
um, as I'm now, you know, obviously much older in my time, it's the game teaches you so, so much. And I do believe that what coach said about the, uh, the connotation about the sport, something's got to give because there's just too much to be learned. Um, to be an active member of society and a good human being, you can learn pretty much everything you need to know from the game of football. Real quick, I have two memories about Bobby Woolley. <laughs> so I coached Bobby. I was an only an assistant. I was fresh out of college, played college ball, coached college ball. And uh, I was pretty intense, as you might no. No. <laughs> I never saw that when I was on the sideline. Well, they, uh, we, Bobby had a receiver coming across the middle. He was free safety. And I pulled him aside. I'm like, I don't care what you do. If you have to take his head off, take his head off. I'll take the penalty. I don't care. And I was kind of saying it in jest, but Bobby actually did it the next play. <laughs> <laughs> and got the penalty. <laughs> Do what I was told to do. Uh, And I really liked it. Coach was like, I I can't believe he just did that. I'm like, well. (laughs) I can't either. (laughs) I know. I'll have a talk with him. (laughs) I told him to hit him low. (laughs) I've had it on a highlight tape for a number of years. I don't know where it is now, but Coach easily jumped five feet in the air. It was a great hit. It was, you know. Uh, and then the other one was when I would uh, I left Ken Island to go back to coach college, and Bobby and I had coach relationship as a player coach. And I remember sitting down with I sat him down in the auxiliary gym, Ken Island High School. We were sitting on the floor, backs against the wall, and I just straight up told him that I'm not coming back next year. I'm going back to coach college, and I could see <laughs> he did, and I was close, and I'm like I felt terrible, but but you know what. I, I learned so much from coaching with Mike, Mike Drass, the head um, unfortunately passed away several yeah. years ago. I learned so much from that man as a coach. It was unbelievable of how to build a program. That's exactly what he did. Um, and that's what you ended up doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just thought I'd throw it out there because I, <laughs> I remember is some distinct things about Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sitting here listening to you guys, I wasn't fortunate enough to be able to play football. My mom <laughs> wouldn't let me play football because you'll get hurt. But here, honey, take the football and go up to the park and play tackle football <laughs> with no equipment on it. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what it, what it did teach me, my son played for Easton High School. And, uh, you know, he, he played 10th, 11th, 12th grade. And uh, this was a kid that – he probably wouldn't like me talking about it like this. But, you know, this is a kid – I got to see him play this year. And it, it worked out good that we were able to call all the Easton games because I got to see him get in the game with a few times. He's a potter. He's not – he wasn't the gifted super stud athlete or anything like that. But this is a kid that went to practice every day. This is a kid that was, you know, just there. You know, and but he worked hard and he did everything he was supposed to do. And um, Coach McGlinchey said that you know he was he was a great scout player, you know, and things like that. But he wanted to be a part of a program, mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of a team, and it was a brotherhood. And when he was done, it was like you could tell it, it bothered him, and it, it just it. And that was kind of why I was asking you guys because it's you see it. It's a little different when you see it with your own kid, mm-hmm. um, but you, you see it. And I, I think the sport, high school sports as a whole, you know, no matter what sport you play, 
girls' port, boys' port, they all will play their final game. At some point, whether they do it as a freshman, whether they do it as a senior, it affects the ones more that put more time into it, you know, that realize they're not going on past high school. And some kids get to a point where they've done so much in high school and travel ball and everything else, they burn themselves out, and they, they start thinking they're going to go play D1 college softball or baseball or basketball somewhere, but they don't because either they don't have the grades or more times than not, it's because they're burnt out. They're just – They've lost the passion for it, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Coach, you said that you remember more your losses than wins, and, and that's because you care. And I think anybody, and Coach, I'm sure the same with Coach Willie, I, I think that that is something that sticks out because I'll never forget my senior year losing to Loyola, my arch rival, and losing the MIAA championship. You know, we had a great year. We turned things around. We were 3-8 and eight junior year. And then senior year, here we turned around. We had a good senior class. We were together. The, the previous year's team didn't have that class. So here we come in. You know, we're 8-1. and one. I think they're 8-1 and one as well. And we lose that game. Now, I think they ultimately were the better team, but that will always stick in my crawl, and that, it hurts. It hurts, but it's because we care, you know, and, and anything that when you've come up short in life that you put a lot of time and effort into, that's why it's because you care, and so that's a good thing. And like I talked about earlier with you guys, I think just the, the fact that football is a once-a-week affair and all that goes into that, it's, it's that, it's that physical sport, it's that tough of a sport that you only play it once a week, and I just think it, it is really something that, that is special that there is so much to take away from it because there's all that that builds up to just, again, two and a half hours a week. So it's endless what you can learn. Wow. Perfect way to end and to think the high school football season starts with our preview show August 27th. We've got that with the uh, first kickoff set for Friday night, September 3rd. We're looking forward to bringing that. Guys, thank you for joining us tonight. It was a lot of fun. Uh, to kick back and reminisce a little bit about Overtime Live and where we were to where we are now. I think we've grown uh, tremendously and looking forward to doing more. And, uh, again, I just uh, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to join us to talk about and reminisce with us. Thank you, Travis. Thanks for walking down memory lane. Yeah. But for you two, I appreciate it because you're the ones that – and the sponsors that put this on for these high school athletes and these football players to get the recognition – uh, every Friday night. So thank you to you guys as well. Appreciate it. The Preston Ford game of the week started because of you. I mean, it, yeah. it was your idea. Hey, give it to us. And uh, the fact that I was able to say, hey, somebody from the community wants to have games on the radio, that's, was, that was the selling factor. And it wouldn't have been possible without our sponsors you know, like, like yourself, Bobby. And thank you for everything you've ever done for us to, to you know, promote us and to believe in us and uh, stand by us. So. Thanks for making it easy because yeah. obviously your product is uh, proven time and time again that you guys really do care and you are pushing forward and uh, th through the times now where technology has taken a huge leap forward. You, here you guys are right here at the table, you know, answering the call so that you don't get a step behind so that people still are going to be able to see it at greater ease on their phones. You know, with the website that you guys are putting on, I, I just I'm, I'm very happy to see where it's come from and. I'm very excited to see where you guys take this thing. Well, there we go. Perfect way to end. Time out with Shore Sports, episode number one in the books. 
Man, this is going to be a weekly thing. Yeah, was a, <laughs> this was a blast. Yeah. I, I, I've not had this much fun in a while doing something like this. It's cool. And, of Very course, cool. presented by yeah. the Preston Automotive Group. Thanks to Bobby Willie and Brian Sofanowski for joining us. So, for Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter saying so long, and we'll see you next week right here on Time Out with Shore Sports. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoreSportsMD.com.